Was this the moment you realized it could be full-time and how did everything with Rocker happen? They were like, hey, like, just so you know, like we've been watching you, like we've been like monitoring like your streams, your growth. And I was like, whoa, a CDL org? Like, holy smokes, that's like a dream come true. Cause I've always wanted to be, you know, like a pro Call of Duty player or whatever. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into another Bot Lobby podcast episode. I'm Grandmaster Goge, as always joined by the wonderful Katie Bedford over here on my right or left. I don't know how it's oriented. Katie, how are you doing today? I am on the right. Um, sure. I, you said that. You said that with not as much confidence as I would have expected, but it's okay. <laughs> We're going to pump those numbers up by the end of the podcast. Uh, I'm fantastic. Uh, really, really excited for the guests we have on today. I'm excited to be doing another episode, you know? Um, actually, I think really the next two weeks. I'm, I'm super hyped about what we've uh, got in store for you guys with Bot Lobby. Look, I love this new trend that we're doing where we just invite on like the best guests ever every single week. We've had some incredible guests thus far. This is one of our favorites. Uh, we've casted over her many, many a time. She's won a ton of money in Warzone. And without further ado, let's bring in Smixy, the legend herself. Smixy, you're on the screen. You're here with us. How are you doing today? Doing great. Thank you. How are you? Um, we're doing all right. You know, uh, Katie and I were having a long conversation before the podcast, not only because of how excited we are uh, to have you on, um, but also just kind of like in preparation for this whole thing. So um, really excited to be here. Um, Smix, before we get started, before we start having our long conversation about everything, uh, we have this kind of this new trend that we've been doing on the podcast where we, uh, we we rapid fire question to start. Okay. So we're going to give you a, a couple questions. I think you, <laughs> I think you've watched before. So yes, we're going to give I you, have. we're going to give you a couple questions. Some love of that, them will that. sound familiar. Some of them will be new. Um, just first thing that comes to your mind, even if it's like an hour later and you're like, man, I am, I was totally off on that. It's okay. Just give, <laughs> give us the okay. first thing that comes to mind. So Katie, how about you start it? And then we'll go back right. and forth all the way down. All right. Favorite person to stream slash compete with? Uh, oh God. Frick, <laughs> you're, I'm trying to think about everybody that I play with. Probably Adore. Okay. That's a good one. That's a good yeah. one. I like that. That's a great one. Um, favorite streaming moment thus far? Uh, when I hit Twitch partner. Amazing. Oh, that's a good one. I don't think we've heard that one yet, Coach. Yeah. Yeah, it happened like live on my stream, actually. So. Oh, really? That's yeah. cool. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. Favorite meta of all time? The Amax uh, Mac 10. Always. Forever. Okay. I like it. We've heard that one a couple times. Um, favorite <laughs> competitive moment thus far? Uh, when I won Hitch's Creator Cup. Heck yeah. Yeah, that love was. hitch tournaments. Yeah, that was like a very satisfying moment for me. <laughs> All right, favorite Warzone comp format? Uh, trios Rebirth Customs. Oh, dang. Ooh. Okay. You, <laughs> you've been waiting. You, everyone. <laughs> you... Yeah, no, that, that's like my favorite to watch. It's my favorite to play. It's like. I don't know. I feel like it mixes because you, you know, like 2v2 is like so like heavily in like engagements and like fast pacedness, mm -hmm. but you get that in the rebirth customs, but you also get the fact that you're playing against the best of the best all in the same lobby, like a Caldera customs. That is very fair. And I will say from a caster's perspective, they're also a lot of fun. They are a bit chaotic. It is very hard for the observers to keep up with the action in rebirth, but that's part of what makes them uh, super fun. Um, okay, least favorite duo to compete against. Um, Ooh, that is a good question. I would probably say Tom and Ben. Respect I that. Do yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't like playing against them in big tourneys. You look at the scoreboard, you're down 10 off the rip. It's not a good feeling. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, who knows? Maybe a similar answer, but uh, your hardest loss. Um, My hardest loss was ooh, that's a good question the um oh what tourney was that it was the 15k uh katie cap co-ed me and flank came in second to aiden and danny and it was like i feel like first... i remember this yeah it was like all the way back in virginia it was like one of the very first co-eds that were ever hosted i, think I casted this you might have. You might have. I remember this very distinctly because yeah. I feel like yeah. in my brain I was like, wow, I hope they win. That would be really dope for them. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. Like, that was when like my stream popped off because uh, like all of Aiden's viewers came to my stream and was like, who the heck is this person? 
and we beat them in the first best of three. We lost to them in the second best of three. And I was like, wow, we almost did that. Like it would have been like my first big tourney win. Like that would have been yeah, really cool. That one like definitely hurts and stings, but I'm, I'm sure it propelled you forward to keep competing because you wanted to taste that victory. Um, yeah. Okay, a, a final question. This is a new one. Uh, if you could do any dream brand deal right now, who would you want to like work with? I would love to work with either Red Bull or um, um, honestly, I'm going to stick in like the gaming thing, like Astro or Razor. Sure. Something like that. Astro is fantastic. Wait, you, I thought you were already. No, I'm not. Really? Astro. Yeah. Hey, come on, guys. <laughs> Wake <me> up. up. <laughs> Go into the Discord right now. <laughs> Uh, that was amazing. Well, uh, thank you for answering those questions. This kind of starts us off on our conversation points. And, uh, you know, uh, one of the things that we really wanted to do is, like, continue to get to know you. We've had a chance to cast over all of your competitions. And or not all of them. A lot of your competitions over many, the many last <laughs> couple years. And uh, wanted to kind of go backwards, right? And and based off of some of the answers you've already given, we can expand on these. But wanted to start just at basically the beginning. And what started you in live streaming in general? Like, what got you interested in doing this as a career? Well, I actually never thought I would be doing this as a career, to be honest with you. Um, I started in 2016. That was my first stream. Um, I was streaming on my PlayStation, some um, MWRGBs. Oh, yeah. that's a wow, wow, that is a, yeah. that's a wow. deep cut. <laughs> wow. <Yes. laughs> um, and then I got a little bit into CSGO after that because I got my first PC, like, I think a year later. And then... Um, got back into COD cause I was competing, um, like in the amateur bracket. So I was streaming like all my scrims and stuff like that. Cause I was like, you know what, if I'm going to be playing like 10 hours a day, I might as well turn the stream on. If there's two people, there's two people. If there's 10 people, there's 10 people, you know, you just kind of take what you can get. Um, then world war two came out and I had this ranked play rage series. <laughs> um, and that's when like I first got like a lot of traction on my street well a lot I would say like 30 40 viewers and that was like the most I ever had and it was just me grinding rank play and then like I would be playing against like pros and stuff and it was crazy um and then yeah I kind of when Black Ops 4 came out I kind of like fell back down to like the 10 viewer range again but I was just playing because I was passionate of playing but at the like I was I was a full-time college student. I was working full-time. I was playing the game like at least six hours a day. Like I was sleeping three hours a day. It was a grind and a half. <laughs> yeah, that, that was actually going to be my follow-up question too from, from this. I know a lot of people, including like myself, and I'm, I'm sure Katie was, it was there a long time ago as well, but like when you first start getting into hey, a this- A long time ago. No, no I mean, long, you've been- <laughs> <Nice>. you, <laughs> <laughs> you've been in the space for a while and you've been like a professional for a while so i'm thinking back to like prior to being full-time and prior to being professional like you were just saying uh mix you were, you were working a job you were going to college so like give me a little bit of insight on that i don't want you to ddos yourself or anything but like what job were you working like you were saying you were sleeping three hours a night like what did your schedule look like on a normal day back before you you kind of went full-time yeah so um I was a full-time college student, so I was uh, I was going to school from 8 a.m. to probably around like 2 p.m., sometimes 5 p.m., depends like on my schedule on that day. Then I would be working Friday, Saturday, Sundays. Um, I would always take the morning shift, so I had the, the evenings to come home and scrim with my team. Um, and then in the summer times, I would take the 6.45 to 2.45 shift, so I could come home, play from 4 to like midnight, um, and then kind of rinse and repeat, like when I was in college, like I, I was not sleeping. Like I was, <laughs> I was going to bed at like 2 AM, waking up at like five or 6 AM. Cause I lived an hour away from my college. So especially when I had those 8 AM classes, there was like the morning traffic. So I had to leave my house like an hour ahead of time to an hour and a half. And then in the winter, two hours before my class started. <laughs> so I was like waking up at like 5 a.m. Like w when I had exams, I was at my school at 4.30 a.m. Like studying like at the table in front of my class. Like it was crazy. I don't know. I Looking back, I have no idea how, like no wonder I was a ball of stress because like I just constantly had stress because you're trying to work around three other people's schedule because there's four of you on a team. 
I'm going to school and I'm working, which is something that my teammates don't have to worry about. And so it was like trying to juggle all of that was like, I was reading like my textbook between maps of my scrims. Like it was crazy. Uh, talk to me about your parents within all of this. You're doing a million things at once. You're going a million miles at once. You're finding success in a lot of different avenues, yet you haven't quite decided the one you want to walk down. Uh, how were your parents taking the kind of scrims and everything you were doing um, with the with the streaming at this point and with Call of Duty? My mom was like, why are you like doing this she's like you're just adding so much pr like pressure and stress in your life like and she saw like how much like i would i was getting like a lot of hate because like the the competitive scene especially like the amateur scene is so toxic towards <laughs> like women so i was dealing with like all of like negativity there's no positive like it was so bad um and she was like why are you putting yourself through this and i was like mom i love this like i am so passionate about this like this is just worth the trouble for me, you know? And then I fell out of love with COD with like the recent COD that came out. And I was like, how, how, like, I'm done. Like I was my senior year of college. I was like, I'm not competing anymore. I'm done. And so I just started streaming like whatever. And yeah, that's when Warzone came out. So it was kind of perfect timing. Yeah. Okay. So the, the follow-up question was going to be like, when did you start competing? You, you answered that uh, you kind of were competing all the way through your early streaming career. And then you said you kind of fell out of favor with COD Warzone comes back out. What, what sort of driving you back to competing for Warzone in particular? Um, it was, I actually didn't know that there was like this huge competitive scene in Warzone for the first like six months of me playing Warzone. I was what? literally sniping with the AX50 for like the, the first AX50. six months. Yeah. Hey, hey, that gun slapped early. Let's be very it clear. Did. It was so it was fun nice. to use. Yeah. Yeah. So I was doing that for like the first six months. And then I realized like there's TKRs there's, and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was like, I got to get involved. Like this is, this is what I want to do. And then that's when the, um, like the woke uh, series came out with E-Fuse. And I was like, I was on console still. I was like, I'm getting involved in this. And then I somehow managed to clinch a spot and we won the tourney. So that was pretty crazy. At what point after that, um, did you make the transition to PC? Because I know uh, it's happened with me. Anyone who, and a lot of people did, started Warzone on console and then moved to PC. It's, it's kind of like that holy grail moment if you're like, oh my God, what was I playing on before? Dude, yeah, I, I look back at my clips and I'm like, how was I, how was I playing on console? Because <laughs> I was playing on a PS4, like the OG PS4. I didn't even have a PS4 Pro. I had like, a PS4. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, how was I, how was I playing on this? And but yeah, I got a PC. Um, I think like a month or so after I won the Efuse tourney was when, um, I switched over to PC and I was like, holy, I've been missing out on so much fov sliders what yes <laughs> i can see more than like two inches like on my side <laughs> you know it's funny I, I was thinking back on your warzone career and like going back through like warzone earnings and like the different things where we've kind of kept track of of your kind of progress and you've already talked to us a little bit about your like kind of favorite wins and you know the hitcher ride tournaments which were a lot of fun I, I think like when you started gaining a following in warzone like what was the big moment where it was like hey i'm seeing a lot of traction not just from the competitive side but like hey my stream's starting to pop off like i remember it fairly vividly when i was like who is Smixie? Oh, that's Smixie. And then, like, I tuned into your stream and saw you compete more and more. And then I started casting over you a ton. So, like, what is, uh, what was that like when you were, were really pushing, um, your stream up as well? And, and did it change the way that you kind of operated your stream, competed, content, etc.? Um, I feel, honestly, I genuinely feel like I went from, like, 30 to 40 viewers to, like, 100 viewers overnight. Really? Which yeah, well, that's how it feels because I feel like it did happen. Like after that second place with Aiden, I feel like right after that, that's when like things just like was like, oh, a bunch of new people. Like, who are these people? And like, what are they doing in my stream? Um, and then I was like, oh, my God, like I, I would text my mom and be like, oh, my God, mom, I have like 100 viewers right now. This is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> this is Wait, crazy. how was mom receptive to it at this point? She was like 
oh, like you have a hundred viewers. I was like, yeah, like I have like a hundred, like just imagine a hundred people in a room. Like that's a lot of people. <laughs> um, and, and she was like, she did not mind me streaming because at the time, so I had graduated college at this point and I was working in social services. So I still had like a career and then I was doing streaming on the side. So she, she did not care. She's like, you can do whatever you want on your spare time. As right. long as you have a job and you're doing whatever, like, I don't care. So she was like, oh, like the hide, the side hustle is doing really good too on top <laughs> of the like main thing. <laughs> And she was like, good for you. Like, you keep going, you keep doing your thing. But it wasn't until, like, Rocker reached out to me that I was like, oh, like, I'm going to be doing this, like, full time. Like, this is going to be a job for me. Well, I love that you brought that up because that's exactly where I was heading next. So was it when Rocker reached out, the the turning point of this being a side hustle to you maybe realizing that this could become a full-time thing and, and talk about that right because you were one of the the first women to get picked up by an org um I, I know that a lot of people were getting snapped up at that point and the announcement was it was big people were really hyped about it so um talk to me about was this the moment you realized it could be full-time and how did everything with rocker happen yeah, so Rocker reached out to me, I believe it was around like February of 2020. And they were like, hey, like, just so you know, like, we've been watching you, like, we've been like monitoring like your streams, your growth, your competitive things and blah, blah, blah. And like, we're really interested in having you on board. And I was like, whoa, it's like <laughs> this, like a CDL org, like, holy smokes, that's like a dream come true. Cause I've always wanted to be, you know, like a pro Call of Duty player or whatever. And the fact that I could be on a CDL org was dream come true. And, but the thing was for them, it was super important for me to do this full time. And they knew that I had a job at the time and they're like, well, what can we do to make, to make you comfortable with quitting your job and pursuing this full time? Wow, that's big. Yeah. It was huge. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Cause like if Rocker never came in the picture, I'm, I'm like 90% sure I would still be working today. Wow. So, yeah. That's a huge so, shift. Yes. Yeah. A hundred percent. Cause I would have never had the balls to quit my job and pursue <laughs> gaming just cause it's so it's so unknown and it's so like you can have one huge month and then one month where like everything goes south super and, volatile yeah and i i enjoyed streaming and i was like i don't want to put the pressure on myself to have to be successful in something that i genuinely enjoy because then it takes it takes the fun out of it like me putting the pressure of saying okay i need to hit x amount of subs this month x amount blah blah, blah or else I'm not making my bills, you know, um, that really takes away from the enjoyment for me. So it was, to, it was really important for me to be like, okay, like if I'm going to move full time, I have to be one comfortable financially to do so to where I don't need to worry and I don't need to stress about my stream. So it will always stay fun for me you know <laughs> right that that is the most unique answer i have heard about getting picked up by an org like we've had this conversation Same. a couple times and people wanting to get picked up by orgs or people that have been picked up by orgs but i love the fact that i mean i've always liked rocker but i love the fact that rocker came in and said hey what can we do right to get you to a comfortable position that was yeah. huge and, and, and that totally changes the way you start thinking about a relationship with a company of like hey we're trying to take care of you not because you do something for us but also hey we can take care of you by taking care of things like your bills yes yeah yeah like rocker was like was not not even just like financial part just like we want to see you like grow we want to see you so it was all about me which was like crazy to think because mm -hmm. you know orgs is you know typically orgs is all about themselves because they are a company like they're trying to make money you know and that was not the vibe that i got at all out of rocker which is why like i was like because at the time i was actually talking to two different orgs as well and are we allowed that, to know who or no um i don't know why you wouldn't be allowed <laughs> we just like the deeds you know because because that was like two years ago yeah, that was a long so, time ago yeah so i'll just say it um nysl was one mm -hmm. and nysl was like it was a whole different game plan there was supposed to be like um a whole group 
of people that was supposed to join at the same time. And it was supposed to be like a group of war zone stuff going on. Sure. And then that kind of fell through. And then Florida was another one that I, I never got into like, re- or no, not Florida, T- Toronto was one that they reached out. But I was like, no, like Rocker made me feel so important <laughs> that like I would never, and even to this day, like I would never like switch off of like I have nothing but wonderful things to say about Rocker I'm not even a little bit surprised by that um I know a decent amount of the folks behind the scenes at Minnesota and they are delightful they everything I've ever seen from them um both in my personal interactions and what I see put forward with other people it really seems like they've done a great job of fostering a really healthy environment for their content creators for their competitive players for everyone else at the org and so I I gotta follow up really quick then uh so you found your home you love Minnesota rocker they have helped you kind of go into this full time and fulfill this dream who do you think um or rather who would you love to see get that same opportunity as you and get picked up by an org um probably uh ken's and eddie are my top two i can't believe that eddie's not picked up i can't either honestly (laughs) i just i don't get it um and, you know, like, it's such a, like, bittersweet thing for him because as much as he is successful, like, he has to see, you know, like, Tom and Ben and all the, his peers do X things with CDL orgs, and he's just, like, the odd man out. So, and yeah. then Ken's obviously, she's awesome. Yeah, I mean, we, we've had a chance to talk to Ken's. I think you were in, um, when we did that uh, episode, I think you were in the chat, but, uh, and we totally agree with everybody saying Eddie, everybody saying noobs, like he, he's got to get on an org. And, um, you know, as we, we start talking about competitive achievements and we start talking about like working with orgs to, you know, be invited to tournaments, I, I think one of the things that we wanted to bring up, of course, like stat lines, right? Like you're technically, I think, third all time for women earned in all of Warzone life cycle or, mm-hmm. or it's right there with uh, both of the other two women around you your second for caldera i think technically but your first if you include rebirth which you talked about rebirth being one of your favorite modes i love and, it <laughs> uh, so when you include rebirth into those stats you are a top earned woman in caldera and rebirth together but what are some of like you know we we know how talented you are at the game but what are some of like the unique challenges that you faced along the way in the competitive scene in particular and and we're talking here warzone like you've already talked a little bit about that with with like competitive call of duty but from the warzone side what were some of those challenges it's it's so easily the mental for me like i it's very hard for me to lose like i hate losing but it's how i lose usually and especially if i mess up and i know that i've messed up like i will beat myself over the mistakes that i've made over and over and over again and it hurts like it hurts to know that like you know that you should have won something that you didn't win because you like you messed up at the end of the day and it i've been doing a lot better like i have my really highs and my really lows and my really lows i try really hard to pick myself back up because like this game is all mental like you need to go in there with like full-on confidence that you are the best in the game even though like you might not be but you have to think that you are the best in the game and that is something that i've been working especially recently on like very 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 hard because I, I am a hundred percent, and I know everybody says this, like that they're their worst, like critic, but I a hundred percent am anything that anyone has said to me, I have said to myself before, like as mean as it is, as harsh as it, as it is, I have told myself that to myself before. And it's really hard to like get out of that. Like once you start to like be mean to yourself and say that, like, what are you doing? You know, like you don't deserve to be here. Like, what the frick? Like, um, that's hard to get out of is like that mental of like, you're nothing because you're not winning because people put so much emphasis on winning. Yeah. I mean, winning can really, we, we see it as casters all the time throughout these tournaments. Um, say it's a, a two V two, for example, if a team hits a hiccup or maybe it's a really nail bite finish that doesn't go their way we oftentimes see players perform 
differently following that in these tournaments when sometimes maybe maybe you're EU and you've been up all night and you're tired or you get knocked down into losers and you're frustrated about how something played out. We can see how it changes the in-game performance, at least from our perspective as casters. But I, I love that you pivoted to this. It's like, you know what we're going to ask before we ask it. <laughs> so uh, a couple days ago, rather uh, about a day ago, um, you, you tweeted that your confidence took a hit two months ago and you were in a huge slump. You've gone back to challenging all men teams, top Warzone players, and trying to branch out of co-ed stuff. And your confidence is really coming back. Believing in yourself really does make a difference. Keep pushing yourself. So what, what happened two months ago to inspire this? And uh, how was the journey to kind of get back to this positive point? Because that can be so difficult to get yourself out of a dark spot. Yeah, um, I think it was the fact that I was playing with the best called like one of the best, which is Scummin, and I wasn't winning. Um, and that like to know that you're playing with somebody so talented and you still cannot win is such a hit confidence wise because you're like it's my fault like i am playing with like probably the top th like three top four best warzone players and i still cannot win like what am i doing and so like and then you would pull up the scoreboard i'm bottom fragging from like i'm like five six kills behind the next person and i'm just like dude like i like what what is going on like and then my gameplay changed completely to where I started playing so passively. Like I was, I wasn't dying, which is awesome, but I wasn't getting kills because I was playing so far behind. And I was like, okay, like something needs to change. Like I need, like I need to change something. So then I started playing a lot more aggressively, a lot more when I feel like now my confidence is up because I found the perfect balance between like being really aggressive, being really passive, playing for a pick before you push something, blah, blah, blah. And so now I'm like, wow, like I'm getting some rhythm in the game finally. Um, and I'm out fragging like the, the males on the team. So then I was like, you know what? Like, let's start, let's start to try to find, this is the hardest part though. It's just try to find somebody to play, you know, example, like destroy and clutch belt. Fuzzin was the only person that would want to play that with me. So we ended up like winning one of them, losing one. And I was like, dude, like, I'm out fragging, destroying Clutch Belg. Like, yeah. let's go. <laughs> you know? And then um, I've been playing like 1v1s and 1v1s are really good because you have to play so much more like tactical and strategic and stuff. And everything is close. And it's just like, like, okay, like we're, we're getting, we're getting it back again. Because I used to play like men probably more than I played like women and co-ed stuff. And then I stopped completely and I just played like all female chals and all that stuff. And I, and I could tell, like, I was just struggling. Like I was not doing good. And, and so you just have to make yourself uncomfortable, honestly. I yeah. love that line. I, I do too. I was going to say this another perfect transition over to because when you start talking about like make yourself uncomfortable getting better like coming out of slumps like I want to I want to jump back to like your come up and, and the success that you have had which we can celebrate right it's mixed like you have been such a talented player for so long and you have won a ton of money in Warzone in a general sense like you have a ton of wins under your belt a lot of podium finishes um when you start giving advice to people because I know there's a lot of people in this space that are trying to make uh, this thing work, whether it's full time, which, you know, obviously you had talked about rocker, uh, or if it's just, hey, I want to be able to compete at the highest level and be known as one of those top Warzone competitors. What is some of the advice that you have given or would give to those aspiring players who look up to you? Um, my main advice is consistency is key. Um, you know, in terms of getting invites, you have to grow your brand. Like nobody's going to know you if you if you don't have a name like that means like streaming that means putting clips out that means making tiktoks making you know like doing something to get your name out there like yeah sure you're winning twitter tournaments nobody cares because there's a tw four twitter tournaments a day your champs tweet doesn't really mean anything yep you know right so um so really just putting your name out there as like hey i am a brand pick me up for like a huge spot um in like a, a big tourney that's what you should be focusing on not just 
hey, I'm a huge competitor. I don't stream. I, you can't find any of my content. Yeah, you don't right. really know how good I am. <laughs> Pick, pick me, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, that's a really good point. When, when you start talking about content, I know that you've started uh, picking back up YouTube again and starting to create content. Talk to me a little bit about your content path forward, like kind of what's next for Smixy um, in, in the content world, because that is a huge piece, especially right now where we're at. Like, if you want to make a name for yourself in Warzone going into Warzone 2, it can't just be competing. It has to be content, and I know everybody is preaching that, but even you are starting to work on your content game. So what does that look like for you? It's really focusing on like my TikTok and my YouTube because I'm I'm streaming every day. Like I think I went like nearly 400 days in a row streaming. Like streaming every day is not a problem for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's really just YouTube. I've struggled with YouTube for so long because I the thing that I love about streaming is the immediate interaction with the, with the chat mm -hmm. is like I just get to chat all day every day. Whereas YouTube is I feel is a lot more distant or distant yeah distant where i don't really get that interaction with the people that yep. watch my videos so i've always struggled putting content on there but i know it's important i hit 1k subs on youtube so Let's I'm, go. I'm happy. Wait, congratulations congratulations thank you um i'm putting out like one or two video uh videos a week for now because um when you don't like edit your own stuff like it gets pretty expensive to like get other people mm -hmm. to do that so <laughs> Before I start putting out a video a day, I'm going to have to start making a lot more money. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say I saw your tweet um, about Stray, and I think you said you're going to do a YouTube video of your playthrough yes. of Stray. Um, I played through it on stream yesterday. It is delightful. I think you're really, really going to enjoy yourself with that. That yeah. should be anyone, anyone watching, definitely check out Smixie's YouTube when that does go up. Uh, it's a great game. You'll really like it. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm super excited. I love like story mode games, single player mm -hmm. games. I love that stuff. You might um, random, but if you haven't heard of it, uh, As Dusk Falls, I think has just come out too. It's a narrative driven game that you might want to take a peek at. Um, I saw a bit of it looks similar in a sense. So that could be something to take a look at, but let's keep it moving before we start going down a spiral of YouTube content. Uh, <laughs> there's been a, a kind of a, a bad, uh, some bad juju right now in Warzone with people getting hit by shadow bans. It seems like suddenly there's just been this massive uptick, right? I saw a, a rated tweet today saying he's been freed <laughs> from Ooh, his finally <laughs> and yeah and you have tweeted about that recently as well and uh, is that something that you personally have experienced why do you think there's been this uptick and and what's the situation like currently i've been shadow banned once it was in verdansk and it was during a wave just like this one me kens and shay all got shadow banned the same day the same time everything um and i don't know like I got a lot of hate for that tweet because I was just focusing on content creators. I saw or someone was really going after you yeah. for some reason. It was sort of weird. <laughs> yeah, and like fair enough. Like I, I'm, I wasn't just talking. I was obviously talking about everyone, but I'm saying specifically for content creators, getting shadow banned is so, like that hurts. Like that hurts mm -hmm. your brand because then you got BBB lovers on your case. <laughs> <laughs> saying that you cheat and blah 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 like it it like for sure hurts like your name in term in terms of the grand scheme of your audience um and not only the fact that like i remember when the shadow ban that i got hit with i almost couldn't play in one of the major tournaments because it's oh. against tos to play on another account mm -hmm. when you're shadow banned um, thankfully they don't go crazy on that. And we're, cause we would all be perma banned. So yeah. <laughs> thank God. Um, but I was like, okay, but like, how, why are we getting shadow banned? Like, how is this happening? Like, how are we letting like 80% of creators getting shadow banned at once? Like that's such a horrible look for your community when your favorite streamer is playing on like, like Billy Bob, like one, two, three, because he's shadow banned on his main account. Like it's, it's. I just think that, like it's such a bad look on one the anti cheat because half of the people that are getting shadow banned don't cheat so your thing doesn't work you know <laughs> <laughs> like there's like I just think like there's just so much more that like Activision could do in terms of at least like your creators like your creators are the people you know like 
making content on your game you know like right, you would right. want them to i don't know it's a, it's a very interesting conversation because ultimately right like you uh you have to assume that there's some sort of mass reporting going on and and does that mean you know certain streamers especially large creators need to be white, yeah. whitelisted so that that doesn't happen i mean there's a lot of conversations around that but i know it has been a lot of frustration for some people but um spe speaking of you know anti-cheat and everything that's kind of like new in warzone and trying to kind of create some sort of um safety net for for the protection of warzone 2 i want to make a move to warzone 2 uh you had another tweet we did kind of farm through your twitter by the way just to pull these topics so you had another tweet that right. said warzone 2 will save us all yes Look, i have so much faith i, I have so much faith i love that and i want to talk about it because we've had a, a ton of people on the podcast talking about warzone 2 their hopes their dreams and everything for that wish list and and i want to just hear your general thoughts about this warzone 2 idea i know it's coming later in the year somebody in chat was asking i think the the guesstimate right now is like late november december um after modern warfare 2 has dropped for a, a couple months but talk to me about warzone 2 and your hopes and dreams I'm not honestly I'm not asking for much I just want something like I really hope that they don't like slow down the pace because I think that that's what makes Warzone unique in a BR sense is that you can drop like 30 40 kills in a game like that you don't that's unheard of in any other BR and that's what makes Warzone unique I do love the loadout thing I think that that's also something that makes Warzone unique is that no other BR you know you get to pick a class and just kind of rock with it I think the most important thing in Warzone 2, I don't care what map you throw me on, I don't care what you give me, make updates. Like, update the game so I'm not playing the same game for three months straight, you know? Like, I don't care if you add, you could add a POI, you could add, you know, new metas, you, new guns, new whatever, like, just, like, make changes. Like, we shouldn't be playing the same game for so long. Like, it's just... Like, as a content yeah. creator, like, what the heck am I supposed to do when I'm playing, you know, when there's nothing new, you know? Yeah, no, I, and uh, I, I, I totally feel that. I saw somebody tweet out today. It was talking about, like, different games and how hard they are to cast. And, you know, League of Legends mm. usually gets the rep for the hardest. But somebody, you know, brought up Fortnite and how hard Fortnite can be. Mainly, though, because they make changes to that game constantly. Constantly. Like, there are so many updates. Oh, there's these weapons in the game now. Oh, there's a new weapon that gets added into the game. Oh, there's new POI. Oh, this POI has changed. And this is all within, like, one month, right? And and so totally hear you on that. I, Katie, I know you have another question about this. We could talk about Warzone 2 forever, so. Yeah, I, uh, this is a question we've gotten some significantly varying opinions on. Um, some are very pro, some are very con. Uh, do you have an opinion about a ranked mode in Warzone 2? Is that something you're interested in, something you don't think is pivotal? What are your thoughts? Love that. I would love a ranked mode. I think, I think the most important thing is you have a ranked mode, and then you have very little sbmm pubs for the people that want mm -hmm. to farm that so that that sort of content they can for the people who don't want to play ranked they get put in that you know place because odds are all the sweaty kids are going to be playing ranked anyway so there's not going to be that many you know like sweats in the regular pubs but that way you're not always playing a super sweaty i have to try my hardest every single game type of game like i can go and chill relax in the pub boom go to the rank mode if i want to sweat yeah i think that's I like a, a strong answer we, we've definitely had varying answers on both sides of the the coin but ultimately i think that's the general cons consensus is like hey if we have a rank mode that theoretically could ease the burden of sbmn uh, yeah. SBMM in, in, in uh -huh. the main mode so I, I like it um any other kind of wish list items for warzone 2 i mean you said you didn't ask for much uh you basically just said hey give me more content and make the game fairly quick um you mentioned yeah. loadouts it, anything else that you're like hey please have this in warzone 2 maybe some i think like some sort of like skill gap some like movement skill gap you know like example like blood hunt like there's a huge skill gap in like <laughs> yeah. the movement mm -hmm. of blood hunt like you know a really good player to a really poor player just by uh, like the way that they move we need something like that too in like warzone but other than that honestly i'm super excited like i think fortune's keep is a huge um like inkling to the public that like they can make a good map like it, it's like caldera was a flop yeah okay but like fortune's keep is, is an amazing map so yeah there's hope 
that yeah. they know what they're doing you know <laughs> exactly no that, that's definitely been like the general consensus is like hey fortress keep probably the best map they've ever made like it, you know it's, yeah. it's kind of crazy to think that it, it came out this late into the life cycle but seemingly they are listening and so we're hoping of course that translates into warzone 2 um Dang, Smixy, you have been a, a joy to have on the podcast. Hey, Katie, do you have any other thoughts, questions before we close it out? I know we've got, I've got kind of one more closing thought for Smix, but anything else you have? No, uh, it's been fabulous to finally get you on. Um, you've been one of our most requested by a lot of people, and I think you have a really inspiring uh, <laughs> story to tell. So thank you for taking the time with us um, and just being super, super easy to work with. I wish you absolutely nothing but the best. You you deserve thank it, and I think uh, the best is yet to come for sure. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you have, uh, you've been amazing, and you've done all of our transitions for us, so that makes our whole, our whole job so much easier. It's been great. Um, well, a final thought for you, Smix. Um, it's been, again, I've said this probably 10 times now, but I'm going to say it again. It's been such a blast to watch kind of from the back end as a caster of, like, your success and kind of your journey, and it's really cool to hear your story, like Katie said. Um, you've given advice to the public, but I, I want you to take a moment. You know, you don't have to gloat or anything, but please shout yourself out. Tell everyone where they can find you give yourself a pat on the back and say hey <laughs> come find all of my content here so so give us the youtube plug give us the twitch plug and everything that you're doing behind the scenes well it's going to be super easy it's at ice on all social media instagram twitter tiktok youtube twitch <laughs> boom there you go amazing you that was the perfect read uh go find smixy on all of her platforms she's making new content she's still competing and uh, the best is certainly yet to come smix thanks so much and have a great uh, tournament i know you've got a tournament later uh, yeah, good, good luck good luck in that thank you thank absolutely. you absolutely all right we'll catch you later catch you guys later thank you so much for having me on of course of, of course bye-bye Okay. It's fantastic, Goach. Did you expect any less? No, but I am going to have a slightly messed up uh, viewpoint here because she was double discorded. Boom, there we are. We're there. There's always a bit of chaos when somebody leaves the Discord channel. But, uh, oh, damn. See, you fixed it before I did. Ugh, before, so it just looked what, weird. What, I threw Lee to fit in, and then you fixed it beforehand. I and, you know. pretty much fixed it. You're a little bit off center, which I can fix. Yeah, but, okay. uh, okay. Katie, that was, like, amazing. She was an incredible guest. Very well spoken. She, yeah, she knew exactly what she was talking about she had her whole story planned out and she was able to kind of provide a lot of insight too for uh, people behind the scenes that were trying to grind i mean i think her story is incredibly compelling because she started right the very beginning of her career like competing in traditional cod and then right. was like hey i'm not enjoying this let me step back do my thing kind of readjust warzone comes out and she finds her groove and then full sends into it from the competitive side to the content creation side really really cool story so glad we could have her on well, I, I think it highlights something interesting that people sometimes uh, don't always realize because you can see people like Smixie who are successful and that's all you see, right, is the success. You don't realize that it was college and job and scrims and MWRGBs and all of these things and, you know, two viewers or 10 or growing and then the dip. I think things like that are so important to talk about. Going back down to just a few viewers and then going up and now in the triple digits and here you are and you have found Warzone and that was the fit you were looking for. I love stories like that because it really highlights to people that um, it, it very rarely and honestly almost never happens that someone goes from zero to 100 right, right off rip. There right. are those bumps, the highs and lows. And I, I love that Smixie sh shared that because um, I can put it into perspective for people, especially when you're streaming, to you know, get up again if you're stumbling or if something isn't quite fitting. Keep going, experiment, you know, and figure out what works. So uh, really happy yeah. to see where she is now. And, and just commitment in general. She was streaming. I, I see White Chimes in the chat. We'll give him, I give, no give him a shout out. I, I had no streaming idea she streamed for five that years before getting partner. Yeah. That's that's commitment. That's uh, that's a lot of consistency. Like she said, consistency yeah. is key. So um, thanks again to Smixie for coming on. All right. I'm going to swap us over, Katie, because it's time for one of our favorite news segments segments uh let's pray this works boom immediately no problems <laughs> at all man i love not having tech issues 
chat it, it's time for one of our favorite segments really quickly before you guys head out we've got the coliseum stat chat and we've got another section right after mm -hmm. this so don't go anywhere really excited to partner with coliseum over the last couple of weeks this is week number four i believe of them providing some really fun stats for us to go through they're they're part of the reason this podcast still exists and we're able to continue making content and inviting these amazing guests on for you um like smixie said making youtube videos it isn't free necessarily and uh, we're working with some amazing editors but they get paid because of people like coliseum so let's talk about coliseum we're going to go through some of these stats katie as per usual and you guys can have a chance to enter into some of their contests in a bit you can type exclamation point sponsor or coliseum if you know how to spell it in the chat and that will bring up all the info you need but to start as per usual they've given us these stats and uh what they do here is they just give us a bunch of fun stats to have some conversations around so to start look at the top here uh stellar stellar moves has a victory streak of 36 wins in a row katie How? Uh, how? 36 I, look there i know there's a lot of streamers that were shadow banned and they usually only kind of take care of the uh the the main accounts of a lot of these streamers right. i can't imagine uh if, if everybody wouldn't have been shadow banned anybody's taken home more than 36 wins in a row uh over stellar that's insane no that was that's outrageous because there's there's so many things that happen in a game that are out of your control and that are unpredictable. And the fact that you can overcome those to get 36 in a streak is um, sort of outrageous when yeah. you think about it. So, I mean, if they, anytime you get win streaks in any, I don't care what Warzone map it is, anytime it's double digits, you're like, all right, all yep. right, fair play, fair play. Yep, uh, headshots, Lucy's got 18 headshots in one game. Pretty solid, not bad at all. Uh, time played, 44 hours. Now, this is in a week, so you're you're basically clocking like an 8.5, eight, <laughs> eight, eight, eight and a quarter hour day every single that's day over a work week. Yeah, that's, that's great hours there for Mr. Bonk. Again, some of these uh, uh, maybe full-time streamers as well that are uh, shut up in, maybe their hours would have been similar, but Bonk has taken it this week and executed op mark had 12 i think in one game if i'm remembering correctly that's just not right like that, there's look there's a very a intimate challenge. moment that happens goge when you execute someone between the executor and the executee and it never feels good for yeah. one of the parties it's just it's just such a like sit down that's kid moment and to do that 12 times you have to wonder did they do it to the same person more than once? Because that just wouldn't be right. That wouldn't be right. Look, whether that's a week, whether that's a week, or if that's uh, in a game, it doesn't really matter. If it is in one game, I, I'll try to find the stat in a bit. That means that was definitely I some sort of a chow. That really was a chow. So. That was a chow from chat. Uh, we'll keep going. We got a lot to get through here. Uh, Camper <laughs> Super Evan had a game where he moved uh, forty-six percent of the time he was in game. He was Curious. camping. He was camping. I don't know what he was doing in that game. But maybe they came to him. Maybe he never. Maybe true. he didn't have to leave. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes that everyone is a constant influx of people. Yeah, peak or otherwise. Let's keep moving down the list. Uh, okay, we've got some. Uh, oh, okay, fifty kills for Fortune's Keep. Yeah, sure, no problem. Fifty in Fortune's Keep. Uh, Forty-three in Caldera. These are kills in one game. And Sage had the most in Rebirth of forty-four. All very solid numbers. Sage is uh, one of my favorite folks that I just don't feel like it's talked enough about. Uh, M Sage is really, Demon. really good. Uh, so seeing that name on here, all those names check out. All yeah. of them. Yeah, Demon. Keep it mo uh, moving as we get into uh, average placement. <laughs> Look, they go to a certain number of decimal places on this, all right? This is not, not there, like a, this isn't a cheese stat, but uh, Mr. Soki and uh, or mrs oki don't know which one i'm gonna be honest uh mm -hmm. averaged in rebirth games over an entire week first place straight up like <laughs> 1.00 now there could be an extra decimal place there that's like 1.009 <laughs> or something maybe that rounds up mm -hmm. i don't know all i know is average first throughout the week stellar also averaged first which makes sense because they had 36 wins in a row so you can only imagine those averages are going to be very very high very impressive yeah, that's uh, you don't get a bigger flex than that. Let's be clear. <laughs> uh, we'll keep moving down. Okay, these are these are victories. A couple more stats here. Uh, Zaido had seventy-one overall victories in a week. Bonk had sixty-eight overall victories in Caldera. Uh, and uh, Microvolt had vic 
49 victories in rebirth this is insane i mean these people just grind mm -hmm. wins and i mean i know that for a fact especially for bonk he's he's a win grinder for sure uh we've got huskers and king dotarchi who had the exact same number of gulag wins which was 94 and then unfortunately mm -hmm. uh unpaquit had 111 gulag losses not a great I day in the office sometimes it be that way you know sometimes the gulag it giveth it taketh away and sometimes <laughs> it taketh away 111 times and all you gotta do is just you know just run it back the next day just don't worry about it respectfully don't worry run about it, it back. don't worry about it yeah it's fine it's fine all right last one uh and this goes back to who coliseum is these are fantasy points so if you mm -hmm. didn't know uh users like you guys uh in chat can enter into their friday freebie contests for free aka Freddy freebie it makes sense um and win money by putting together a fantasy team you have like a budget and you create your fantasy team these were the top point earners throughout the week and i will say huskers always on this list so if you have the kind of salary cap available for him grab him huskers at the top of this list at 703 c smith at second 677 z laner up into the mix as well tommy otterize and then bonk as well with all of his uh insane amount of wins these are all fantastic players to pick up for your squad but you got to make sure you have enough money in game kind of like fake currency money uh salary cap for those players but you can build your own squad online pretty crazy yeah, check it out, guys, for sure. And once again, a big, big shout out to Coliseum. The stat chat's always fun. I, I just always see it, it's fun goes for me to look at the stats because I'm like, I'll never be able to do it. Well, the Gulag deaths I could probably do, but anything else on that, yeah. no shot. We should just go for it one of these days. Make sure that we're in their system. Which and Gulag losses. Yeah. I bet we could get up there. I, that's what I was going to say. We should just try to <laughs> see if we can like get on one of our own stat sheets. I'll, we're going to try to do that for sure one of these days. Uh, no, thank you so much to Coliseum for making this, this whole podcast happen. Uh, it's time for you guys to get more from Warzone streaming. You can enter into Coliseum's free Warzone fantasy contest and win when your favorite streamers win. So you have to do type exclamation point uh, sponsor in the chat exclamation point Coliseum will also pull it up and you can use code bot lobby for some uh, some free monies, right? If it's your first time entering free monies to go enter into some contests, we say this every single time. One of my mods went, went in for the first time, won some money. And I believe, Katie, one of your mods also went in and won some mm -hmm. money. So our mods are, are making a run in uh, the Coliseum contest. Go make a run for yourself, exclamation point sponsor. Um, amazing. Thank you so much to Coliseum. Now, Katie, we've yes. got we've got one more section as per oh. usual we're going to be headed mm -hmm. over to shitter's digest now yes, yes. Uh, look i feel like we've done this enough to where we don't have to explain it but maybe you're tuning in for the very first time shitter's digest is essentially uh, katie and goge's newspaper of twitter shenanigans that have been going on <laughs> in the warzone community okay it's the shitters they're, they're the shitters and it's our digest we're, we're digesting through all of this crap that is going on okay and uh there's there's a lot kind of to get through um main point though katie talk to us a little bit about um some kind of breaking news over the last like two three days uh from the org scene yeah, so I know that in a lot of the episodes we've teased signings, but this is kind of the reverse of that, right? Uh, so Joe and Iceman Isaac are no longer with NRG. Um, this seems to continue kind of a trend of NRG continually just stepping away from Call of Duty in general, um, whether it's uh, on the multiplayer side or on or on Warzone. And Joe and Iceman, uh, free men on the market, right? And uh, I, we we saw the tweets very. Uh, I I think very receptive their yep. time at nrg was fabulous but uh there was a, a tweet from joe woe that i thought was particularly interesting uh because the um tim the tapman tailgate just happened i know yep. you were there a, a lot of folks were there but he tweeted uh want to thank tim the tapman and complexity for the amazing weekend was truly an honor meeting so many incredible people and texas woe is looking better and better and considering the rash of pickups complexity has had lately they are picking up a lot of content creators a lot of streamers there's a very real world in which you see complexity joe i i think there is almost no question in my mind that joe will be going to complexity i mean it's like mm -hmm. It seems so obvious. Like I was there, I, I was hanging out with Joe Wo. I'll, I'll give a quick shout out to, to Standman34, if you guys know Warzone content creators and, and my friend Haylight, who no longer does Warzone. They were trying to cross him up and play him in some basketball. It was hilarious. Uh, you know, Joe was uh, Joe was there. I had a long conversation with Joe. He's a great dude. Um, but there was this just like inkling that like, 
there was something going mm -hmm. on you know what i mean like there was something mm -hmm. going on behind the scenes of like hey he releases this tweet that he's no longer with nrg is at the Tatman tailgate. Not weird. There's a lot of people that were there, a lot of Warzone people that were there in particular. Um, but like maybe was doing a little bit more work. Like, I'm I'm not trying to leak anything, but I had a I had some messages from people saying they were working on some YouTube content instead of being at the tailgate for a bit. So I look, there's just a lot of options mm -hmm. uh for, for people that complexity could pick up, and I think Joe might be top of that list. I also think, Katie, there's a decent chance Ice would follow him there. Um, not that he's following him, but like both of them would head. It complexity. would make a lot. Yeah. It would make a lot of sense. And uh, complexity is an interesting discussion in general as an org because um, they've they've kind of been a little sleepy for a while. And it seems like, uh, again, with these pickups of all these people, you have Jordan Fisher coming in yep. uh, recently. There's a lot of these pickups that are happening. It very clearly seems to be signaling that they're trying to kind of build up what that brand is again and have that presence and have these big players as a part of that org. And I, I certainly think Joe Woe and Iceman fit that bill. Obviously, they work well together as they did at Energy with all the content they did, but also extremely close with a lot of the people at Complexity. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see it. Granted, you have to keep in mind, um, hot commodities on the market. So I would not be surprised if they are fielding offers from right. a few different orgs. Well, and I also have some behind the scenes intel. I'm just so plugged in, you know what I mean? Uh, that I believe uh, Ice is going to be making a, a move to Texas very soon in, in the future. Oh, okay. So uh, it just, there's too many signs pointing to complexity for potentially both of them. And I could see Joe mm -hmm. even moving there as well. We all know Texas fiber hits different uh, usually. So uh, look, there's that that's probably where I'm guessing. I could Texas also- yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I can also see a couple other orgs trying to chase them down. Um, you know, Optic is also an option, of course, in that area. So I, I don't know. There, There's some... I'm excited to see what happens for both of those guys. I love both of them dearly. I, I count them as good friends and uh, excited to see next steps for both because they're fantastic content creators and, of course, um, uh, you know, competitors as well. So anyways, um, all of that to say, uh, fun point of conversation. We also have a bit of drama, Katie. Um, yeah. We've got, uh, oh, yeah. this was a little while ago. This was back on Thursday of last week. Um, it's an oldie but a goodie. It is an oldie buddy, uh, but a goodie. Uh, do you want to you take this one? Uh, you want to start us off and kind of walk through what happened? Yeah, yeah. so um, I, I think actually, to, I'll give a brief overview, Goge, but I think you actually might have a better job of kind okay. of the nitty gritty okay. details of it. Sure. But, uh, this is uh, The Showdown, Scummin versus Jukies, and the lost trail of deleted tweets. Uh, so uh, there was a bit of sniping going back and forth. It happened around Thursday of last week, which was right after we had done our episode, which is why we're bringing it up now. Um, but there was some mudslinging occurring, some accusations of maybe who is the shitter between the two of them and uh but but Goj, i think you you might have a better grasp of some of the kind of nitty-gritties of this yeah so i was i was proving uh you know the twitterverse as i do as a caster that's kind of what i live for and uh i, I there was a there was a big uh, not big there was a fairly decent sized uh amsterdam lan tournament right um it was like a five thousand dollar tournament it was great and it was a really interesting tournament because you had a lot of people in the eu scene that could get there pretty quickly really excited to compete you had you know namely like people like jukies linen etc um some of the eu talent that always competes were there but you also had people which we'll talk more about this in a bit flying from across the world we had some mm -hmm. of our mexico friends our competitors that flew across the world to Amsterdam probably cost them a t their tickets were like probably two grand a piece. That's not cheap. No, it, the winning tickets. Yeah, no, not at all. And the winning prize was like three thousand dollars. So like, were they coming out on top? I think they probably came out negative. But it was more about the experience. Blah blah blah. However, uh, Juki's team did end up getting second. The format was kind of interesting because it was. I think it was. Somebody can correct me later if, if I'm wrong. It was somewhere around the neighborhood of like eight games of uh, Rebirth or whatever. And I can't even remember which which game mode it was. But two games get dropped. So consistency doesn't really matter. It was all about dropping banger maps, essentially. It was Rebirth now that I, I remember correctly. So I think it was eight and six counted. Very interesting format. 
Um, but with that, mm -hmm. Juki's team ended up getting second, and Scumman tweeted out, uh, later <laughs> deleted, by the way, uh, Juki's is apparently a top five player, but can't even win a Mickey Mouse LAN. Talk about <laughs> shots fired across yeah, the bow. That's, that's not, it's not even cheeky. It's not even like <laughs> snarky. It's just straight like, hello, F you. Yeah, I'm yeah, going to throw yeah, this yeah, yeah, right yeah. in your face. And Juki's shot right back. Uh, and he didn't mince his words either. I mean, he he straight up went at Scum and brought up the fact that he lost to Shifty on land yeah. during that <laughs> whole debacle. And it was kind of just mudslinging from both sides. And I'm, I'm here for it. We just, we got to get quick on the draw with um screenshotting scum and yeah, tweets yeah. because look i'm just saying if if you're gonna if you're gonna go at him like that you can't then delete the tweet yeah that's just kind of what he does and he's part of like part, I know, part I know. of it's like half joking part of it's probably not half joking i mean he's just a troll but it was hilarious the immediate clap back from jukies and then scum was like yeah i'm out on this and just deleted everything on those tweets because he was like <laughs> yeah, i mean fair enough but no i i know there was a lot of circumstances around both of those things but still regardless an hilarious conversation to have uh jukies kind of went on on a couple different tweets and and was saying oh, like yeah tweet, tweet. could it be oh, the yeah. kid that flew across the country on land like blah 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 so very very funny mm -hmm. um back and forth but we live for that type of drama here uh especially as long as it's like fairly lighthearted drama we're, we're here for it um but yeah katie i wanted to kind of like finish up some of our conversations mm -hmm. here uh to, to talk about so, like our, our mexican players that uh, flew across the globe basically to go compete in mm -hmm. a land event and win said land event and i am super i, I will add this probably into the, the, the description because i feel so bad that i didn't write down their names I know it was Panda at the very least. I think it was Panda. No, I'm not even going to guess. I know Panda was there. Panda's team mm -hmm. ended up winning, right? And these right. guys spent a ton of money to get there. They had a blast. It was a huge experience, and they won. But it also kind of is a, a microcosm for the current tournament landscape that we're in. We've been, you know, we've talked about this multiple times now on, on the Bot Lobby podcast of this kind of, like, uh, drought that we've been in of Warzone tournaments. And I can happily say, like, there is a wave coming into the future Katie and I both know about. But, like, right now, over the last couple of months, it's been it's been pretty quiet. And, uh, you know, there's there's good reason for that. There's probably restricted budgets or, or what have you. But you can see the, like, want and the need for these competitors to go find tournaments. So we went from a player market where players were kind of just like, oh, I'm just going to sit kind of behind my desk. I'm not going to travel anywhere, and I'm going to play in 100K every other day. And I get to dictate how that tournament is run because they need me playing in them because there's so many events going on. To now, it's like players saying, I'll do anything. I'll play in any tournament. I'll do whatever you need me to do as long as I can still compete. I'll fly halfway across the country to compete for 5K. Yeah, I, I mean, first off, I have so much um, respect for people who have undertakings like that because you're taking such a risk, right, to travel all that way, spend all that money for no guarantee. You might just be in the hole and depresso espresso on your flight <laughs> back, right? Yeah. The, and the fact that you could do that and then win, like jet lag, whatever else, um, there's just a lot stacked against you. I love seeing that because... It also just shows that passion for the game and you want to you want to foster that in people, right? You want to foster a game that encourages people to m make decisions like that. Like, yeah, I'm going to like, you know, to another country to participate in this because I love this game and I, I think I can compete in it. But you're right. It's it's been um, really sleepy for about a month and a half here. June had hardly anything. We've had um, kind of here and there Twitter tournaments, um, but it has been a drought. And as you said, we do know there's some stuff on the horizon. But I mean, what do you make of it, right? I mean, and partially it makes sense. You're in a holding pattern waiting for Warzone 2. Uh, I think there's more to it than that, to be sure. Um, but I will say I am really uh, excited about some of the upcoming uh, events. And I think that um, a, a lot of the players, especially once things get announced, will be very, very excited on the timeline.
No, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I will say, just to give them a true shout-out, because they certainly deserve it, it was Panda, who was uh, our, our Mexico player that traveled all the way across the globe. Then you had Jesus, was one of his teammates from Italy, that came up for it as well. And then you had Bernie EU, who was probably somewhere around the area. So, uh, kind of three different players from all over the globe coming together, winning this uh, Amsterdam LAN um, right over Jukies and Co. So uh, super excited for them. Congratulations to them. Uh, look, there's only been a few lands, to be totally honest, and uh, mm -hmm. I'm excited about future lands potentially happening. But hey, if you have a, a land win under your belt, that is a huge accomplishment and something that people can look at. Whether they think it's a Mickey Mouse land or not, it's still a win yeah. on land, and not a lot of people can say the same. That is, I, I, That's a huge point, too, because I think wins on land as well... Um have have impact in so many more ways than just saying that you've done it on LAN uh, and all the pressures and um, not being at your setup and the pressure of, of the cameras and everything else and whatever. Um, it, it can really mean a lot for individuals to say like, no, you, you can't talk shit to me or you can't accuse me of um, suspect things because I have done this on LAN um, uh, against these people. I can I can clearly kind of get to the top, whether I'm at home or on LAN. So uh, hopefully more to come for those for sure, too. Totally agree. Well, I know we, we've we talked a, a little bit about our last topic for the day, which was kind of shadow bans and the things that, that can be entailed in shadow bans. So we don't need to harp on it too much more, but excited that Raided's no longer shadow banned and some others oh, I are. That. I was, I was yeah. giggling. Raided is free, everyone. Raided uh, is free from the shadow ban. Hopefully everyone else uh, soon to follow. And I just, I have to, um, I have to just hope there's a game plan there because we, um, there's so much we don't know because we're not on the inside. We're not working directly on this. Um, but I just I just have to assume there's kinks being worked out. There's things that are being refined. They're just trying to... And maybe they're over-tuning things, under-tuning things right now. I don't know, in preparation of Warzone 2. I'm sure there's so much going on. So I, I have to assume, you know, they know what they're doing. They're figuring it out. And obviously, we just don't know what we don't know. Yeah, no, couldn't agree more. Uh, you know, people are having conversations behind the scenes. That's all I know. And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm hoping that, of course, some of these issues will be fixed going into Warzone 2 um and uh, there'll be some better kind of uh, uh kind of fenced off areas that are like hey don't go past here you're going to be totally fine and hey if you are getting mass reported or etc we can fix that problem rapidly um regardless though um excited about warzone 2 excited about our our guest that was today smixy was amazing excited about this episode uh, katie i think that's all i've got i've got a Tell chat, though, if you're in YouTube or you're in Twitch, thank you guys so much for your support. Make sure you like the YouTube video and subscribe to the channel because uh, you guys have been super, super grateful or, or not grateful. Uh, whatever you should the, be grateful for our content. No, he didn't We're killing it. Well, I don't remember what I was trying. I was basically, you guys are amazing. Gracious, that's the word I was looking for, um, for giving us so much support thus far. We've had some amazing guests. We have some more amazing guests coming. So stay tuned for next week's episode. Should be going live on Wednesday on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Grandmaster Goge. And then all of our VOD content can be found on the podcast site. That's YouTube where you can find that. That's Bot Lobby Podcast, as well as all audio platforms you can think about. If there's one, that you wish we were on tell me i can get us on there all right um but that's all i've got katie closing statements where can people find you what are you working on anything behind the scenes uh unfortunately my socials not as as clean as smixies you can see them right under right worlds bedford on um twitter and instagram katie bedford on twitch and just prepping for next week really excited about our upcoming guest coach and looking forward to more bot lobby Amazing. Couldn't agree more. I know we also have a tournament lurking in the future that you and I will be casting together, so mm -hmm. stay tuned for that. One of the biggest Warzone tournaments we've seen in a while that we're going to be casting oh. together, which I'm super excited about. But until then, Grandmaster Goge on all major socials. I stream basically once a week for this podcast, uh, make content occasionally, and cast a ton. So stay tuned uh, for some of the stuff we're working on together, Katie and I, and uh, I'm working on as well. So that's all we've got. This has been the Bot Lobby Podcast, and we'll see you guys next time. Peace. Peace.